you and I to make room for God in our hearts. Many Christians have made room for many things. Made room for work, which is important. We have to work. Made room for their family, very important. But what about making room for God in our hearts? That's why the Bible says in, uh, let's turn our Bibles to Mark chapter 12. Let's look at verse 28. Mark chapter 12. And one of the scribes came and having heard them reasoning together and perceiving that he had answered them well, asked him, which is the first commandment of all? Then Jesus answered and said, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one God, or the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Then he said, And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments, or there is none other commandment greater than these. So you and I must make room for God in our hearts. Very, very important. Because when Jesus Christ came and died for us, he came to die for us and to cause us to, 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 to give ourselves to him. Our spirit, soul, and body to be preserved blameless. Hallelujah. So that's the first important thing, to make room in our hearts for God. Number two, God wants you and I to make room for God's will for our lives. Make room for the will of God. Make room for the will of God. The innkeeper did not make room for God's will. If he did, he would have allowed them to be in a better place for Jesus to be born. Let's look at Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto him, unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, then you'll be able to prove what is that good, what is that perfect, what is that acceptable will of God. So you and I, we must allow the perfect, the acceptable will of God in our lives. So what you and I need to do is to ask God for his perfect will. Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane asked, Father, if it is possible, please let this cup pass over me. Let, let this cup, cup pass over. I do not want to take this cup, but nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. So you and I must get to the point where it is not my will that counts. It is not your will that counts, but it is God's will that matters. Because the Bible says that God has plans of good and not of evil. He plans to take us to a, 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 an expected end, a, a, an end of good things, an expected end, a hope, a future. So God's will is not, is not going to impact us negatively, but God's will is perfect. That's why Mary, the Bible says that Mary... The angel Gabriel, in fact, let's read that. Uh, Luke chapter 1, verse 26 to 38. 
Hallelujah. Luke chapter 1. And behold, verse, Luke chapter 1, verse 26 to 38. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Oh, may the Lord be with you and I. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying. Because all of a sudden you see an angel and he say, the angel says, Blessed art thou amongst women. And cast in her mind what manner of greeting, of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. May you and I find favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father, David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall these things be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Spirit shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also, that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth shall have, she hath also conceived a son, excuse me, in her old age, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. Now check this out. And Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord. Be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. Now think about this. This is Mary, who is a virgin, about to be married, engaged to be married. All of a sudden, Mary is being told by an angel that I am going to inconvenience you. What I'm going to do now is I'm going to cause you to be pregnant. Now, most likely, your, husband, your, your fiancé is going to ask you, who, 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 did you have an, uh, 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 who did you cheat on me with? And she's not going to be able to explain herself. What, what is she going to say to him? That's why the Bible says that Joseph decided to put her away because you cheated on me. I'm going to send you away privately and I'm not going to marry you any longer. So she knew the inconvenience she was going to experience. But she was willing for the will of God to be done in her life. It doesn't matter what I'm going to go through. It doesn't matter the pain. If God is going to give me this honor to give birth to his son, let your will be done. Let your will be done. So you and I must get to the point. It doesn't matter the difficulty I'm going to experience. It doesn't matter the inconvenience. If it is God's will, I am willing to do it. 
You and I must get to the point where we say to ourselves, look, God, let your will be done. It might not be easy. It might be difficult. It might not be something I want. But if it is your will, I accept it. Can I have an amen? So you and I must, yes, we can put your hands together for the Lord. You and I must say to ourselves, Lord, it doesn't matter. Let's allow God's will to be done. Because my will is convenient. My family's will is convenient. But the fact that it is convenient does not mean it's going to be for my good. The fact that it is convenient does not mean it's going to eventually work together for my good. But if it is God's will, I am guaranteed that it's going to go work together for my good. Because the Bible says that the ways of a man are not in himself. It is not in man to direct his own steps. You and I don't know the future. You and I don't know what is going to happen in a year's time, in 10 years' time. So when God's will is done for our lives, or in our lives, it is perfect. So you and I must make room. Many people, God is calling them to do certain things, and they, are, they, they say to themselves, I am not going to allow God's will to be done in my life. I want to do something for myself. You can do something for yourself. You can do everything you are doing, but make sure that God's will is primary in your life. Can I have an amen? Very important. These are just a few quick lessons. Number three, make room for yourself. Make room to better yourself. Look at Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 10. Let's make room. Let's make room. Whatever we can do, let's make room for ourselves, to better ourselves. Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with all thy might, for there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave, whither thou goest. In our human form, in our bodies, there's nothing more to do when we are dead, apart from heaven and the glory in heaven and all the things God has in store for us when we die. But on earth, you and I, whatever we find ourselves to do, whether it is school, whether it is at work, whatever we find ourselves to do, let's do it with all our hearts, with all our strength. Let's do what we can for ourselves. Some of us need to better ourselves, uh, uh, do something new, a new course, enroll in a new course, Whatever it is, better ourselves. Very, very important. There are many things we can do to enhance our skills. Can I have an amen? Very, very important. And one of the best things we can do is to read. One of the best things to do is to read. Read books. Read the Bible most of all. The most important book you and I should read is the Bible. After reading the Bible and knowing the Bible, we can also read other Christian books, read different books, books on so many things. Look at Jesus, the boy, the boy Jesus, when he was in the temple. The Bible says that Jesus was so knowledgeable of the word of God as a young 12-year-old boy, so knowledgeable that he was able to answer questions and ask questions. Imagine. And the Bible says that the teachers of the law and the scribes and the Pharisees, they were astonished at his understanding. So you and I must be scholarly. The Bible says, what does the Bible say in 2 Timothy 2.15? Study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman, therefore woman, that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. 
So you and I must study the word of God. You and I must learn, enhance your, your, your skills because the more of the word of God you and I have, the more victory we have. Look at 1 John chapter 5, verse 4 and 5. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. For who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. So it means that the world is everything we loathe. The world is everything we pray against. The world is everything we don't want. The world is everything we hate. That is the world. Sin, sickness, disease, poverty. Sin is the world. Wrong is the world. Everything wrong is the world. But the Bible is saying in verse 4 that whosoever, whatsoever. It's so he didn't say whosoever because whatsoever includes whosoever. It could be a thing. It could be an idea. Whatsoever is born or initiated of God overcomes the world. So our, the, 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 the key or the, the, the engine or the, the mechanism God uses or gives us to overcome the world is our faith. But you and I get faith by the word, by studying the word, by knowing the word. Because Romans ten seventeen says what? So then, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So you and I must, must invest in ourselves. What do you think? Invest in yourself. The Bible says that Jesus knew the word so much that, you see, in the olden days or in Jesus' time, the Bible was not written in verses or chapters. So that's why the Bible says when Jesus entered into the synagogue, it was, he, was, he was given the book of Isaiah. And the Bible says, when Jesus found where it was written, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me. So he was someone who knew the word, studied the word. That's how come he could find it. Because even you and I, with the chapters and verses, when you're looking for Isaiah chapter 61, you would flip a few pages. But Jesus, with no chapter and verses, was able to find. Hallelujah to Jesus. Hallelujah to Jesus. So let's do our best for that. Amen? How many are looking forward to the fourth? We just have five important uh, things we must make room for. Hallelujah to Jesus. Number four, make haste when you hear the word of God. When you and I hear the word of God, we must make haste. We must quickly, quickly, immediately follow the word. You see certain verses that say, they heard the word and immediately. That word immediately means that when you hear God's word and you don't immediately pray about it, immediately write it down, immediately put it into practice, you can easily not do it. So that's why it's important to immediately, immediately, immediately act on it. Now you will see that the word of the Lord, Mary gave angel Gabriel the opportunity to speak to her and she heard the word of God and she allowed God's will to be done in her life and she walked in the will of God. Hallelujah. Also, it's important to sometimes research to be sure before drawing conclusions. Let's look at John chapter 7 verse 45 to 53. 
very important to do your research, study well, pray about it before drawing your conclusions. Because there are many people who draw conclusions because of what they hear or because of what they see. But what you hear and what you see is not always the truth. It's not always the case. The fact that you've seen something doesn't mean that what you have seen is true. That's why the Bible says, you can keep it here, but the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 11, if you look at verse 2 and 3, okay, let's, let's turn to it and come back here. Isaiah chapter 11, verse 3. And shall make him of quick understanding in the fear of the Lord. And he shall not judge by the things he sees or reprove by what he hears. And shall make him of quick understanding in the fear of the Lord. And he shall not judge after the sight of his eyes, neither reprove after the hearing of his ears. So when you, are, you and I are of quick understanding, we will not just judge because of what we've heard or what we've seen. Because what, sometimes what is seen or heard is not always the case. That's why many times we, we think we know something and later on we realize that we didn't know it. Or sometimes we think we understand something and later on we realize that we had no idea. Sometimes people have different motives for saying what they say. The fact that someone has said something does not make it true. The fact that many people have said something. What about Jesus? Many false accusers were, were brought forward. And they accused Jesus falsely. One of them said that, Jesus said that he would destroy the temple and in three days build it. Let's go back to John chapter 7, verse 45 to 53. Very, very important. Before we get to our last point for today. Then came the officers to the chief priests and Pharisees, and they said unto them, Why have ye brought, not brought him? The officers answered, Never man speak like this man. Then answered them the Pharisees, Are ye also deceived? Now this is very important. So, after Lazarus rose from the dead, a few verses, they told them to seize Jesus. As they were about to seize Jesus, they were astonished at Jesus' words. Because they were so astonished, they did not bring Jesus to the, the, the Pharisees. So the Pharisees were asking, why didn't you bring him to me? And they said, no one has spoken, no, no one has spoken like he has spoken. That's why we didn't bring him. And then, let's go to verse 7. Then answered them, the Pharisees, are ye also deceived? So then the leaders asked the Pharisees, you didn't bring him to me. Has he also deceived you? Have any of the rulers of the Pharisees believed on him? But these people who know, knoweth not the law are cursed. Nicodemus said unto them, he that came to Jesus by night being one of them, that our Lord judge any man before it hear him and know what he doeth. Then answered and said unto him, At thou also of Galilee, search and look, for out of Galilee ariseth no prophet. So they realized that Jesus was living in Galilee. But they did not do their homework or their research to find out that he was actually born in Bethlehem. Because in in the Bible, 
No prophet, the Messiah is not going to come from or going to be born in Galilee, but he's going to be born in Bethlehem. But because of what they were seeing, they were not able to tell that, look, if only I had done my research, I would have found out that he was born in Bethlehem and I would have believed in him. Should I, do you understand what I'm saying? Because what happened was seize him, but they couldn't seize him because of the words he spoke. Then the leader said, Why wow, have you also been deceived by him? Can you see any of the leaders believing in him? Then Nicodemus said, Oh, we cannot judge someone like that, we can't just judge someone unless we hear him. Then he said, Look. Out of, he's not a prophet because out of Galilee, there's no prophet in the scriptures. You are cursed because you don't know the law. Because out of Galilee, there is no prophet. But what he refused to understand, if he only had done his homework, he would have realized that he was not from Galilee, but he was from Bethlehem. So you and I, sometimes we need to do more. We don't need to just take things at face value. Don't, don't just believe something because you have seen something or you have heard something. Most likely, he was, people were told that he was, he, he's from Galilee. Not knowing he's actually from Bethlehem. Because the scriptures say, look at Micah 5.2. The scriptures make it clear that the Messiah, the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, the God of Heaven, is going to come from Bethlehem. But thou Bethlehem, Ephrathah, Though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me, that is to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth have been from old, from everlasting. So whose going forth have been from everlasting to everlasting, meaning that perpetuity forever, eternity. So this person has always existed and has never not existed. That's what this verse means. He, his goings forth have been of old. When you tell the Jehovah's Witness people this, they get confused. From old. Because this verse is saying that he's everlasting. He's, there was never a time that he was not there. He is the God of the universe. The second person of the Godhead. Jesus Christ. But if only they had done their homework, they would have found out Jesus' place of birth. And they would have surrendered to Jesus. And worshipped him. But they thought he was from Galilee. So you and I must be very careful so that we don't get deceived because of things we hear or see and take things at face value. It means that not everything you hear from people could be genuine. Don't just hear. Many people want to do things for different reasons. Even at work, you see that people try to, to, to say things against each other so that they'll be promoted. So if you are a boss, you can't just take everything someone says. You have to do your own homework. You have to do your own research. You have to see what both people are saying. Hallelujah. If someone says that this person said something negative about you, or this person is saying something evil about you, you have to do your homework. You can't just take things at face value. Because the fact that, is because I can, there's been a time that I said something to someone. But what I said, I didn't mean it in a negative way. But the person redescribed it and said, you see, even Pastor David said this about you. I just had to apologize because there was no, I just told him that this is not what I meant. But at the point, you just have to apologize and leave it to God. So the person needs to know you to know that you will not do that. So that's why it's important for us to know that there are different reasons why people say what they say. 
Don't think, don't, don't believe something because someone told you. Especially if it's negative. Hallelujah. Love believeth all things. Love hopeth all things. So believe the best in other people. Believe the best in other people. And finally, finally, but before finally, let's let the word of God be rich in our lives. Let's let the word of God direct us. Because remember that in Gabriel told Zachariah, I come from the very presence of God. So what I'm telling you, I'm telling you something that God has told me to tell you. You and I must make sure that we are allowing the word of God to direct us. The primary way God directs you and I is not through anything but his word. God doesn't direct us mostly through visions. God will direct you and I through visions. God will direct you and I through dreams. But it must be in line with the word. Otherwise, don't take it. I have been directed a number of times by dreams. In fact, many of my dreams actually come to pass. But I'm not going to be directed by the dream. I'm going to be directed by the word of God. Don't, don't, don't even believe something or allow yourself to be directed by a person, whether it's your pastor or whoever, if it's not in line with the word of God. If I tell you to, I don't, to falsify something, or I tell you to, to say something that is not true, there are many people, pastors, who will tell you to lie. If I tell you to lie, say I can't lie. I'm not going to lie. If, 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 if Abigail didn't do something and I want to gain favor, so I tell you to say that Abigail did it, I'll be bearing false witness. I shouldn't do it. Don't do, even if it's a pastor, don't do something because a pastor said you should do it if it's not in line with the word of God. Even though God directs us through our pastors too. Hallelujah. God directs us through our shepherds, but the primary way God is going to direct us is through his word. So any thought any feeling any voice that comes to you and i that is not in line with the word of god don't do it and we are not talking about the word of god given to a person we are talking about the word of god in the bible don't do it if you do it then you are being led by something else always remember that it's the word of god that directs us that is our supreme ultimate authority the word of God. There is nothing greater than the word of God. But if you and I don't know the word of God, what are we going to use to determine what is right and what is wrong? That's what the Bible says that the word of God is profitable to, for doctrine to tell what is right and what is wrong. How, how, how am I going to know if I don't read the Bible? And in this, these days, compared to the olden days, we have more access to the word of God than ever before. Because during the times of the apostles and even during the, 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 the dark ages, the renaissance time, they didn't have an audio Bible like we do. We can listen to the Bible over and over and over again, read the Bible. So we have more access to the Bible, but we know less of the Bible in this generation. Most people are directed not by the word of God, but I pray that anyone watching me will be directed or listening to me will be directed by the word of God. Directed by the word. 
so that we will know what is right and what is wrong. Finally, we need to make room for the Lord in our lives. The innkeeper did not make room for God in his life. Otherwise, he would have. He would have. He would have said, look, I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that my room, I don't want anyone's room. I don't want Jesus to be born in anyone's room. I want Jesus to be born in my room. How many would have done that? Every one of us would have said, Jesus cannot be born in another room. Even if it's the best room, I want, I want my room. I, I, I want to give him my room. I want to sleep in a manger so that he is born in my room. Because our Lord, our Savior, who was born to live on the earth, to die for our sins, was going to be born, and he needed a place to be born. And the man, the innkeeper, did not make room for God in his life. If he, if he had, he would have been born in his place. Because God knows how to tell people committed to him. Imagine Cornelius. Cornelius was now off the way. He was now in the old way. But there was a new way because Jesus had died. He was still in the old covenant, a proselyte, non-Jewish person practicing Judaism. He was a proselyte. But the way to salvation was not that because Jesus had died and risen. Now he was someone who gave alms. He was someone who prayed always or always. And God said, this man is devoted to me. How can I leave him? How can I prevent him from being saved? I have to send an angel to him. If you and I make room for God in our lives, it will be fantastic. Sometimes God has to allow inconvenience to come our way so that his will for our lives and other people's lives will come to pass. When you and I make room for God in our lives, we are telling God that take me as I am. I, I, I give you myself. I give myself away. I give myself away. We sang a song. What's, what was the song we sang? We sang a song. What was the song you sang? A song about God, you giving God your life or so. What was the song? Is that, did you sing it today? What other song? There was another song you sang. That's, I give myself away. Hallelujah. You sang a song that was so awesome. I think I wrote it down. Let me see if I can find it. it, it it's I can't find it, but it was awesome. It had to do with, let me see. All you need to do is to just list the, the list of songs you sang. Sorry? Have your way. Have your way. Yeah, no, it's, yeah I just wanted your name. Have your way. Have your way. Think about it. If God has your heart, your life, 
All you and I need to do is say, God, have your way in my life. Have your way. Whatever you want to do, do it. I trust you. I know that you are not going to destroy my life. You are going to make my life meaningful. Have your way in my life. Whatever you want to do, do it in my life. How beautiful that is. Whatever you want to do, I give you myself. That's why Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to your word. Meaning that I am the handmaid, I am the hand rag, the rag that can be used to clean anything. Whatever you want to do, do it in my life. I'm the handmaiden of the Lord. How many of us will say that? May we all say that, that I'm the handmaid. Have your way in my life. Whatever you want to do, do it in my life. Do it in my life. When Joseph was told in the dream that don't leave Mary, but take her to wife, Joseph said, okay, God has spoken. I believe it. I'll accept it. Mary was going to be ridiculed. Do you know that in history, Mary was called the woman who had an illegitimate child. Look at what she went through because she was giving birth to Jesus. What about what you and I will go through? There is nothing that is too big a sacrifice for God. That's why Romans 12, as I close, to Romans 12, 1, says, look at it in Amplified. I beseech you, I appeal to you in view of God's mercies that you offer, you present your bodies. You make a decisive dedication of your bodies presenting all your members and faculties as a living sacrifice. Holy, devoted, consecrated and well-pleasing to God which is your reasonable, rational, intelligent service and spiritual worship. You and I must say to ourselves, God, I want to serve you. I want to please you. There is nothing inconvenient when it comes to you. I can be inconvenienced. It's nothing. I will serve you with all my heart. No matter how tired I am. No matter how difficult it is. The Bible says that Jacob, when he was serving Laban another seven years, his uncle another seven years for Rachel, the Bible says that seven years seemed like a few days because of the love he had for Rachel. When you and I love God, when you and I surrender ourselves to God, it doesn't mean we are perfect. That's why Catherine Coleman said, God is not looking for silver vessels. God is not looking for golden vessels, but God is looking for yielded vessels. Are we yielding to God? We are not saying that we are perfect. We are not saying that we, we don't doubt sometimes or whatever. Whatever it is, when you are yielded to the Lord, when you offer your life to God, and you make room in your life for God to serve Him, first of all, to know Him, then to serve Him, to, to, to surrender your life to Him, serve Him. God, here I am. Send Him. Many people have said that. Or here I am, send him. No, here I am, send me. Because when you give your life to Jesus, you realize that he wants our hearts, our soul, our strength. We must 
love him with all our strength. Let's give our lives to him. As we end this last Sunday of the year, let's remember to give our hearts to him. To give our will to him. Or make God's will primary. We must also make room for ourselves. Make room and be quick to follow the word of God. And finally, you and I must make room for God in our lives. Hallelujah. Shall we stand to our feet and pray to the Lord? And tell God, God, I appreciate you. I love you. I surrender all to you. Let's sing that song. I sur- I, 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 let's sing I surrender. Oh, to Jesus
to take this first step of salvation if you want the new birth experience and you want your sins forgiven if you want to be born again then I want to encourage you to give your life to Jesus Christ now the condition for salvation is that you and I must believe that Jesus Christ is Lord we must believe that his blood was shed for our sins we must believe that he died on the cross for our sins and we must believe that God raised him from the dead once we believe these things God would save us and then we start our journey of faith it doesn't end there but we need to live for Jesus now if you want Jesus to save you then I want you us to repeat after me including all of us heavenly father heavenly father i come to you i come to you in the name of jesus christ in the name of jesus christ i confess i confess that jesus christ is lord that jesus christ is lord i believe i believe that he died on the cross that he died on the cross for my sins for my sins I believe, I believe that his blood was shed that his blood was shed for my sins for my sins I believe I believe that God raised him from the dead that God raised him from the dead Lord Jesus Lord Jesus please come into my heart come into my heart please come into my life please come into my life forgive me forgive me for all my sins for all my sins cleanse me cleanse me from all unrighteousness from all unrighteousness from today from today i belong to jesus I christ i belong to jesus christ thank you lord jesus thank you lord jesus for saving me for saving me in jesus name i pray in jesus name i pray amen amen god bless you all let's just sing it one more time yeah, I
Jesus' name, amen. Shalom, shalom. It's now time for us.